Because of the following special program, Wonder Woman and the Incredible Hulk will not be presented this evening. For an entire generation, people have experienced Star Wars the only way it's been possible, on the TV screen. But if you've only seen it this way, you haven't seen it at all. This is where the fun begins. Chewing. We're home. Hello, and welcome to the Blue Mill Cafe. Grab an empty stool at the counter and place your order, because we're about to talk all things Star Wars and Geek. to the cafe. My name is Jeff, this is episode 33, and I have my very first guest of 2020 in the cafe today. I have Charlie Skywalker. He has a new, brand new uh, Star Wars podcast called Star Wars Through the Ages, and we're going to learn all about Charlie's Star Wars fandom today. Charlie, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing well, Jeff. Thanks for having me in the cafe. No problem. I mean, anytime you want to come in, the door is always open. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. So before we jump into the uh, five questions that I have for you and the bonus question, go ahead and explain to everyone what your podcast, Star Wars Through the Ages, is about. Sure. Uh, my podcast, which is new, I just started up in uh, this month in January, and uh, Star Wars through the ages. And when I was trying to think of a concept or an idea to have a podcast around, uh, I've been a Star Wars fan for all of my life. Uh, and so I knew that there was a lot of people that were like me out there and it was a chance to develop the idea of Star Wars through my life, through my ages, through the ages of Star Wars, and to, for the future. Yeah, I've, I've listened to the first couple episodes, and it's a really great podcast, and I believe you've already had a guest on, correct? I did. Uh, my first guest was Rule Farm Boy. Right. Everybody, anybody that's a Star Wars fan that's on Twitter, you should know who Anthony of Royal Farm Boy is. Or, I should say, better yet, he should know who you are. So, <laughs> that's probably the best way to put it. Yeah. He is He is a tremendous supporter of everything Star Wars, gives shout-outs to hundreds of podcasts every day. So you, you should give him a follow on Twitter. He's a great guy. And go listen, I believe it's your second episode that he yes. was on yeah great great interview and i've also had him into the cafe if you go back in my archives you could hear my interview with anthony as well like i said great guy tells it like it is and he's he's just a great fan great positive fan absolutely very knowledgeable um he really loves to spread 
the positivity of Star Wars, and oh yeah, it's uh, such a great guy. Yeah, yeah. And speaking about Star Wars and the since the sequel saga just or trilogy, I should say, just ended the Star Wars saga. Um, what what did you think of the over first the overall sequel trilogy? What did you think of it? I really enjoyed it. I've always loved hearing new stories about Star Wars, whether they tied into the original trilogy or if they were just offshoots. I'm a big extended universe fan. Uh, I really loved those stories as well. So this was a chance to have new characters and also that tie into the original trilogy that that I grew up with. And I, I thought they did a great job with it, honestly. Uh, I love the char- character development throughout uh, the three movies. Uh, the new characters uh, were very well written. Uh, I know a lot of people don't uh, necessarily like the way that it ended up. I had no problem with it. Uh, right. But uh, yeah, they were. Uh, it, it was. Uh, it, it was very well done. I thought. Great way to continue the the saga. And also, especially the acting. I think they did. They they knocked it out of the park with the casting for this uh, sequel trilogy. They really did. Um, even though I will admit that I didn't know any of the top three actors before Force Awakens. I wasn't familiar with Daisy Ridley. I wasn't familiar with John Boyega, and I was not familiar with Adam Driver. So I got John Boyega an... was the only one that I was familiar with uh, okay. at the time. I had seen uh, one or two other things from him, uh, but I, I like to, uh, and it was uh, more local theater stuff uh, from London that I managed to find online, uh, and I thought, wow, you know, this is uh, this is really cool. Uh, guy to have on and yeah. yeah I was very impressed with the way that he handled his role yeah I got I got myself an education because I right after Force Awakens I dove deep into looking for other projects that these actors were a part of and I'm now watching movies with Adam Driver that I never thought I'd watch a marriage story I recently saw tremendous movie he deserves all the praise he's getting for that for that movie and yeah he is just even on when he hosts saturday night live <laughs> he is just the best so gotta hand it to adam driver and i saw what was that uh the daisy ridley movie she was in with josh gad um Murder on the Warring Express. Yes. Yeah, I saw. I thought she was tremendous in that. I mean, I know the movie didn't do well, but her performance in that was really well. So yeah, I'm I'm checking out movies just like I did when I was a kid. Um, after Star Wars, I saw I saw a trailer for Corvette Summer, mm-hmm. and I freaked out. I was telling my dad, "I'm like, that's Luke Skywalker. That's Luke Skywalker." I said, I gotta see that movie. So, <laughs> thinking as a you know kid brain, thinking that oh he's gonna be Luke Skywalker, but no, totally different movie. 
Right. So, and when I was that young, that's when I started realizing, oh, these are actors, and they're playing. Their job is to play make believe. So, that's sort of how I got my education on actors. Yeah, I was, that, that was very similar to me as well with uh, Harrison Ford. Uh, in yeah. The Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Right. Uh, series. Right. I was. Okay. Yeah. I was like, that, I said, Han Solo wouldn't do that, but <laughs> uh, but Indiana Jones would. So. But yeah, it, that's that's the beauty of being young, growing up, and figuring out things how things work in the world so but yeah and i could say same thing for george lucas and his imagination with making the star wars movie i think star wars the original star wars is when i started realizing and watching the behind the scenes stuff on how movies were made and being fascinated mm-hmm. about that as well and yeah that's one of my regrets is if i could do anything different is i would go back and realize yeah there were schools i could have gone to to learn the art of filmmaking instead of uh doing something that i didn't enjoy doing and that's why i never finished college so (laughs) i yeah but that that yeah that's my only regret i think i would have been because i was i was always interested in film so that's one thing I should have gone into that I didn't, but that's a whole different subject. So, what did you what What do you think of the Mandalorian? I really enjoy the Mandalorian. It's more episodic than what I imagined it to be. Uh, I thought it would be play out more like just chunks of a movie that mm-hmm. when you played them all together, it would make a lot more sense right but each one has a beginning has its end uh and it leaves you craving the next episode uh, which yeah. which is absolutely fantastic that um you don't get a lot of now uh, right. i watch um, tv with my wife and we'll be on a show and they're like well you know all right you know, if, if I happen to miss two, three episodes, I can always catch up on the next one. Right. Whereas The Mandalorian, you, you're like, oh, well, you know, I, I, I have to watch it. I had you know, wake up first thing in the morning, four o'clock in the morning on a Friday, and just to watch Mandalorian, it, yeah, it's, it was such a great feeling. It, it made me feel like I was a kid again. Yeah. Yeah, if... I yeah, I've heard other podcasters saying that the, that they were doing that during the season, getting up, you know, real early before they had to go to work on Friday so they can watch it before they went to work. I was thinking about doing that, but then when my wife watched the first episode with me and I saw how she into it she was as well, I was like, I can't do that to her. I can't get up early and watch before I go to work and then come home and then you know, Friday evening, watch it together, knowing that I already saw it. I wouldn't, I, I can't do that to her. So I was like, I'll just wait till I get home from work on Friday and just avoid everything on Twitter on Friday. And so I won't be spoiled, but yeah, but it is, it's like, 
And I'm glad that they they, they did it the way they did it. They uh, there's making you wait a week between episodes to watch it. You just can't binge it all at once. Just the anticipation of the next episode is part of the the joy for me as well. Absolutely. I also enjoyed that they employed several directors to just to give people a different vision, a different feel. It kind of broke up any, I don't want to say stagnation, but, you know, it's, oh, you know, well, we kind of know what's going to happen because it's going to be the same director. But uh, it, it always seemed fresh. Right. Regardless of which episode it was on, it was always fresh. Right. Yeah, I I did enjoy. I did enjoy every episode. I mean, there was a couple episodes that weren't my absolute favorite, but all of them were very enjoyable. Um, I hope they bring some of the directors back for season two. Especially after hearing how well Gina Carano worked with Bryce Dallas Howard, mm-hmm. it'd be nice to have her back just to work with Gina again because Gina really said she really enjoyed working with Bryce. Bryce made her understand her character more, so that'll be nice to see. And we'll definitely get uh, more Deborah Chow with the yes. Kobe series. Yes, yes, she, get, she got the whole series, so that's going to be fun. Yeah, some of her couple episodes were some of my favorite of season one, so. So, I I know you've told the story before, but I really enjoyed it. So, if you could, real quick, before we jump into the questions, how, why, why the name Charlie Skywalker on Twitter? Sure. Yeah, I, I, I love this story, actually. Uh, I was going by uh, a different name, and I honestly don't even remember what it was. Uh, I relate more towards the dark side than, than the light, so I know it was a Darth something. Uh, but I was listening to uh, Around the Galaxy with Pete Fletzer, and he okay. had... Uh, Dan Donahue on his show who plays Shriv from Battlefront 2. Okay. And it was uh, I, I, from start to finish I just was laughing constantly and it was just, just such fun to listen to and near the end of the episode uh, they started talking about Pete's dog and Dan said well, what's his name? Charlie? Charlie Skywalker? Good old Uncle Charlie. And it, I almost fell on my chair. I was laughing so hard. And it just, it stuck with me. And so I was messaging Pete and and I said, I'm just, I have to use that moniker. I'm going to have to run with uh, good old Uncle Charlie Skywalker. And he said, yeah, sure, go for it. And so I, I started, I changed the name and put on there, in honor of uh, Pete and Dan, I'm going to use this for a little bit. And then it just took off like wildfire. Everybody started referring to me as Charlie. And yeah, the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah when I first joined Twitter, I... I originally, I think, just start out with at 
Jeff Fishbach. My my name I was able to get my handle because really my last name's not that common, so but mm-hmm. I was like, nah, that's at to me that was kind of boring and I was seeing how other people were coming up with really cool creative handles and stuff like that. And I just I think when I first changed it, lazy was always part of it just because it something that stuck with me throughout my entire childhood, just the way my, my mom would always say, you know, clean your room, stop being lazy. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I said everyone used to call me that when I was a kid. So, you know, lazy something. I think I first, it was first lazy wampa. And then, of course, when uh, the porgs came out, I was just like, "Oh no, I got, I got to freshen that up." So, it that's when I changed it to Lazy Porg, and it's been that ever since. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it, that's a great name. It it really is. And, and yeah, and some people some people would ask me every now and then, say, "You're not really that, you know, lazy, are you?" And I was like, "Well, I said I can be, but." I said, when I have to do something, I'll do it. <laughs> but yeah, that's it's just a handle, so yeah. But anyway, let's let's jump into these uh, five questions plus that bonus question I did ask you about. Sure. And like I said, you can you know elaborate on them as much as you want, make them as short as you want. It, it's all up to you. But of all course, right. the, the first question I ask every guest is, what is your Star Wars story? How did you become a fan? I became a fan thanks to my mother. She really wanted to go see this new movie, Star Wars. But me being two at the time, uh, she... You know, couldn't one couldn't leave me at the house by myself, and she was having a hard time finding a sitter for me. So she decided, you know what, I'll just chance it, and I'll take him, and we'll see what happens. And so she went and uh, bought tickets, and we sat close to the back, just in case I ended up just you know, not liking it, or causing a disruption. And so she sat, sat me down, gave me the popcorn, and the movie came on. And she said that when, after the first fanfare, and the ship started going overhead, that my eyes grew wide, my mouth dropped open, and I didn't move or say anything the entire movie. And from then, and I don't really remember if I was two at the time. Right. But... Uh, but then I remember seeing Empire. I actually remember bits and pieces of the, the theater one. I remember waiting in line for the tickets to go. Uh, but the one I really, really remember, of course, is Return of the Jedi. And I begged her and bugged her and told her she found her and said, Yes, all right, fine, we will definitely go. And so I got to remember that one on from the theater the whole entire experience that's what really got me hooked and then of course she always supplied my habit by buying new 
Star Wars figures for me. I believe I have probably nearly every playset, every figure, every vehicle. And she really spoiled me, but it really got my imagination I remember I would have battles in this in my field next to the house in between G.I. Joe and, and the Star Wars figures. They would bury them in the dirt and put black hats all three hours and would tie it all together and like use and whoever had the most pieces or the most whole figures left was the side that won the war. Right. So th- that was my introduction to Star Wars. I've seen every Star Wars movie in the theater. Uh, I went through the special editions, uh, which was a, a, a meaningful time in my life. I had uh, just been diagnosed with stage four cancer and was going to school and was uh, working full time. And sometimes I just really couldn't handle the day-to-day pressure. And they, uh, Lucas had just released the special editions into the theater. And I couldn't tell you how many times I, probably 20 times I had seen the special editions in the theater because I just didn't really want to deal with anything else other than sit in a empty near empty theater and watch Star Wars. Right. Yeah. Sometimes that can be the best medicine. I mean, especially for Star Wars, Star, diehard Star Wars fans. So, yeah. yeah it's, a, it's always captured my imagination uh, in the sequel trilogy. Uh, when that came out, I watched everything. I she endures my passion for Star Wars. Yeah. She sits with me on opening night to go watch the movies. And, you know, and now she's even supporting me through the uh, through the podcast. And my kids are really getting into Star Wars now. So yeah, it's just uh, it's great to be able to pass on that legacy uh, right. stories to our children. Yeah. Yeah. I'm- don't have any kids myself but i've been i have a lot of nephews and nieces and ever since the sequel trilogy started back in 2015 when we knew we were getting the force awakens um i was so happy that they decided for december would be the release date and it would be around the holidays because my one nephew was in college at the time just starting college and I knew he would be on break and I've taken them to at least my my two oldest nephews have been to every movie with me since they've come out taken to The Force Awakens took them to Rogue One took them to Last Jedi took them to Solo and just recently The Rise of Skywalker and it was kind of bittersweet because we knew that it was you know the last time for a while yeah they'll be able to take them to the movie but yeah it it is something just to see his excitement because his excitement actually for the rise of skywalker my one nephew's excitement for the rise of skywalker was unbelievable he was he was telling me how he goes well i just finished watching the last jedi a couple nights ago so i'm ready i'm ready to go and 
I was like, really? And he goes, yeah. He goes, I actually, he goes, I watched all eight movies. He goes, I'm ready to go. <laughs> so I was like, wow. He went back and watched all eight of them to get ready for this, just this one. So that's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, it is something to see um, someone's reaction to something for the, that you love for the first time. And I was recently telling my wife about it because of, um, not Star Wars related, because just last week, uh, Neil Peart of Rush passed away and my favorite band in the world. Remember, actually I got into them right before I got into Star Wars, so, and when he passed, I was, I found these videos on YouTube of a guy he has his own channel. He does reaction videos. And a couple months ago, before Neil even died, people were sending him Rush songs to react to. And to see someone, I was telling my wife, to see someone's reaction to their music for the first time was magical to me. And oh, yeah. that, that that's the way it is with uh, when you see it on your kid or your nephews or your niece's faces. It's the same kind of feeling. So, yeah. Quick rush story for you. It's, oh, uh, go ahead. <laughs> and you probably remember this, uh, newer listeners or younger listeners, probably will not remember this. But years ago, they would have um, the Columbia House buy tapes for a penny, buy six tapes for a penny, eight tapes for a penny. Oh yeah. And one of the I filled one of those out. I was I believe eight years old. Filled one out. And one of the tapes that I uh, picked out was uh, Rush Moving Pictures. It was such a, a, a fantastic album that they had done. Uh, and that's uh, out of the ones that I had there, there's one of the two that I remember. The only other one I remember was 1984 from Van Halen. Yeah. But uh, those two have stuck with me. Uh, but yeah, oh yeah, yeah. 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 And. I remember when I was in middle school, when uh, Moving Pictures just first came out, <laughs> our, our music teacher at the end of music class would always, to let us wind down for the last like five minutes or so of music class, she would let the class pick out a modern day song to listen to before class was over. And nine times out of ten, we, all, we always picked Tom Sawyer. <laughs> And that's one thing I remember from that. And I, I thought I was the smartest guy in the room because I was always telling, you know, the other kids, I'm like, that, that's Rush, man. That's right. And they're like, we know. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but you know, I, I've been, I've been listening to them for a couple of years now, you know. But yeah, I always thought I was the only one that knew who they were. But yeah, and my wife was right though. If they're, they're an acquired taste, if you like him, you like him. If you don't, you don't care for him. But like I said, to see someone's reaction for the mm -hmm. first time on, and then they find out how many people are in the band, they're like, how are they making that sound with just three of them? And, like, that's the magic. I, I still don't know. <laughs> so, but yeah. Okay. Let, let's get back. 
into Star Wars before we get too far off track yeah. here. Uh, the next question was, who are your five favorite Star Wars characters? Now, this was a tough list. Uh, my all-time favorite is Palpatine. That's okay. my number one. Uh, ever, ever since I first saw him in Empire, just a, that brief holographic image, and you're like, ooh, hey, who's that? You know, right. To see who he becomes in Return of the Jedi, and then the prequels, if you really see the mastermind that he is, and then have it even continue into the sequel trilogy is, yes, he is uh, absolutely uh, my ultimate favorite character. Number two on that is from the sequel trilogy, and that's Finn. Okay. I just, something about that character I relate to, I, I can really get behind him and... Uh, his character transported me back again to when I saw the originals of wanting to know more about this this character and really you know what's making him tick why why does he hesitate why what's what's the conflict there there's there's something that's there that we're not seeing yet and I really really enjoyed that um, number three uh, Ahsoka okay uh, I just, uh, what's not to love about Ahsoka? You're right. And yeah, she, she, the, the things that she went through, uh, through, the the Jedi, and then them seeming to turn on her, and then oh, sorry, you know what? We'll, uh, you know, we'll make it up to you. Come on and join us. And she's like, yeah, no, I think I'm good over here. And, right. Uh, I, I really loved her story. Number four is another animated character, and that is Sabine. She really uh, gets to express her personality uh, and her thoughts in multiple different ways. Uh, I thought she was one of the most creative characters, and it really comes out in the different artwork that she does and how she, you know... uh, colors that you know her hair or her armor or you know it's just uh, I thought it brought in that extra depth that was needed for uh, rebels and number five I picked R2 okay Um, he just uh, that character uh, he was fun he he drove the plot he supplied key bits of information and you know he just uh, if I could have a traveling companion that would probably be the one that I would pick the R2 right so many so many uses uh, you know someone you can banter back and forth with and just has so much knowledge uh, about everything so that's my top five okay cool some hey, so, some in there that are out of the guests that I've had do these questions so far. Some in there that have been mentioned for the first time, and that's always a good thing. Yeah, yeah, it's always hard for me to 
name my favorites of anything. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it, it, and it depends. Uh, you know, from day to day, really. Right. Um, you know, if I just watch an episode of Clone Wars or. Uh, Rebels or Resistance or watch one of the movies, you know, it, it, it always changes. Right. Uh, question number three would be your favorite Star Wars movie. See, this is another one of those yep. that it depends <laughs> depends on the day. Yeah, and oh. of course, my quick answer is all of them. Right, right. Yeah, or like, or Star Wars, or Star Wars, and they'd be like, which one? And I'm like. Yeah, Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. if I had to pick, I would have to say A New Hope is still my one of my favorites. Uh, it's it's as of right now that's at the top of the list, both for nostalgic reasons and for what it accomplished and what it set the standard for. Right. The number of movies that benefited from A New Hope cannot be numbered really uh, because of the things that had to go in to create this movie Uh, not only is uh, was it a, a fantastic story but just the technical aspects of this movie especially for its day and age, uh, were absolutely astounding. Uh, one of the things that I remember around for uh, that time frame of uh, you know, movies and television is you'd watch like Flash Gordon or some of the other um, space adventures and you'd see the string or the, the pole that was carrying the model across and right. you didn't you didn't have that with uh, with A New Hope and just uh, through Industrial Light and Magic and the, just the different modeling companies that they made it was it, it's really astounding on what they've done yeah. so that one uh, that one will probably always be at, at the top if not number one spot right and going the other way, number four would be favorite animated Star Wars. Favorite animated series, I guess I should say. Uh, as of right now, I would say that it's probably Rebels. It's the story that I've really gotten into. Uh, one, it's really intertwined with some of the newer characters. Uh, right. the the original trilogy characters that uh, that I knew, uh, whereas Clone Wars really goes back into the prequel uh, trilogy characters. Um, that and the style of animation is different in Rebels than it is in Clone Wars. Yeah, uh, and I, I really it took me a little while to get used to the way that Clone Wars moved. Uh, I, I enjoy watching it now, and I love the stories that they're te- that they told and they're going to tell. But Rebels, I just could—I jumped right into it, and it—it it felt natural to watch. Right. Now I did leave out Resistance. I have not seen any of the Resistance episodes yet. Yeah. By the time that I really started getting into uh, 
the the animated stuff they had already announced Disney Plus and had removed uh, the animated stuff from Netflix. Right. And I don't I don't have cable. I just had at the time just had Netflix. And so anything that I wanted to watch, I just watched through there. Right. So. Yeah, I I have seen the first season of Resistance and the season two premiere of resistance and other than that i haven't seen them yet because my cable company decided to take the disney channel and disney xd away from me mm. and i wasn't able to continue watching season two of resistance so i'm patiently patiently waiting for them to finish season two and hopefully pop up on disney plus as soon as they can get it up there so <laughs> But That's, yeah, uh, it's one of those things that uh, you know, I, I tried cable and they kept right. jacking up the price. And then, oh, oh yeah. we, we've moved this channel over to a premium package. You have to you right. know, now have to buy this one to, in order to watch it. And, you know, I, I couldn't make sense of spending hundred of dollars on just, uh, you know, watching three channels. So, right. And I mean, I would love to drop it, but. The only reason we're keeping it right now is my wife really likes the on-demand feature and mm-hmm. she's watch her shows that way. And so that's the only reason we're keeping it for now because basically I, all my TV viewing is mainly Netflix, Amazon Prime, or Disney Plus now. So, but yeah, and the only time I really watch anything off of TV is sports, so... Yeah. But, oh well. And the final question, the fifth question that's standard for all the guests, who would you be in Star Wars? Like, would you be a rebel, a, a Empire, First Order, Resistance, Bounty Hunter, or, you know, or regular citizen? You know, who, who, who do you think you would be? I definitely would be part of the Empire, and it was funny because when you sent the, uh, told me, you know, the general questions that you might ask, and I I thought of it, and my first thought was, uh, I would definitely would be a TIE pilot. The TIE fighter is, to me, the ultimate of coolness for vehicles in Star Wars. I just, I really love uh, the sound, the look everything about them just it just was really cool uh and i always like i said earlier I, i've always related more to the uh the empire side of things rather than the rebel side right and if i had to pick a if i could be any character in star wars right now i would have to be moff gideon okay yeah i was just about yeah. his tie fighter Oh, the, the, ties the, tie, the, the way that one landed I've never seen that before and it's a uh, it's a tie outland class that and was... it it's different than most of the other ones where it most of the other ones have to dock into a hangar and right. they they're attached suspended and when they take off they break their attachment and they can go off into space this one was uh, mainly ma- used for the outer rim 
uh, and because they didn't have a whole lot of bases out there. So they came out with this type of uh, TIE fighter where uh, and that and it's also a long range fighter rather than the short range right. that a normal TIE is. Uh, but yeah, so it allows it uh, the ability to land and take off from wherever it is. Yeah, uh, and not not only that, uh, a little bit of a spoiler is if people haven't seen the last episode of Mandalorian, Moff Gideon also has the dark saber. Yeah. So <laughs> man, uh, I can't wait for season two so they can we can hopefully figure out how in the world he got that. Exactly, but. Yeah, and and we saw how normal short range Tie fighters dock, and we saw how they they're supposed to take off in uh, Force Awakens mm-hmm. when Finn and Poe were escaping there. So yeah, that yeah when I saw that his land, I was like, what? What? His, the wings are doing what now? <laughs> but yeah, I was I was like, that was really cool to finally see that. So. And to finish off the questions, I always have a bonus question I ask everyone, and I try to change it to a different question every time. Um, what would your favorite Star Wars novel or comic be? So my favorite novel was written by Steve Perry. And it was written in 1996, and it was Shadows of the Empire. Uh, okay. The, the reason why I really enjoyed this one was before they really announced that, you know, hey, we're getting special edition Star Wars. It had been a while before uh, we had gotten anything major. Right. From Lucasfilm, whether it was uh, books or... Uh, movies or video games nothing was really uh, on the horizon that we saw you know it's a different day and age at that point the internet was just really starting to take off Uh, the message boards were there but the information was really slow to get out so we had no idea what was coming and then they dropped this book and this book was going to usher in a new era for Lucasfilm. It was going to pump up the excitement for a few months later when they were going to announce, hey, special edition movies coming back to the theaters. Right. And not only not only that, it uh, was going to do it to me. It was like the precursor of Project Luminous, which is going on now. Right. They had so much tied into it. They had comic books tied into this. They had the novel. They had the video games. They had Dash Rendar. And uh, it was an all-inclusive package that they put out to get people in various different formats or media types to really start getting excited again with the Star Wars. And not only that, you have the story, which I thought was really cool. It was one of the scenes Skywalker making a lightsaber. Uh, in the book, they also talk about how they're going to uh, rescue Han from Java. You see where Leia gets her uh, the costume from uh, that she was going to, to wear. 
to try to break in. Uh, and I really like a species that uh, hadn't been seen before. It was called a Faline species. And they used uh, their, uh, oh, I'm trying to think of the word now, but uh, they could release like a hormone into the air and it was almost intoxicating where, uh, and suggestive. So when they released this in the air, it made the other person that they were trying to affect really want to do what they want, you know, whatever they want them to do. And uh, you had the bad guy going up against Darth Vader as well. Yeah, it was just it was such a cool story. Uh, and then, you know, of course, the failing they did make canon, and I believe it was Solo that they had that species in there as well. Yeah, so, yeah that's, that's my favorite novel. Yeah, and, I'm, and people that have been following me for a while on Twitter and listening to my podcast know that I was never a big reader and into the novels and stuff, but I am now slowly starting to get get into them and really not worrying now that how much how long it takes me to read something anymore. So, and I'm I have started using audiobooks too and actually shadows of the empire is one of the first audiobooks i got so i'm in the middle of listening to that one right now so yeah it is a great story and if anybody any star wars fan was like me and not into the novels go definitely shadows of the empire because it is a it is a story yeah, it's it's not canon anymore, but right. it's still, right. still it still is a good story. And, right. Uh, most of us can separate uh, legends from canon, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I thought it was very well told. Yeah, yeah. My wife just got me a bunch of nice hard, nice hardcover novels for Christmas. They're they're mainly all the new the new canon books, but still, I have. I guess I have a couple years worth of reading right there for me now. So nice. Yeah. Just have to get started. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes but, yeah. it's the hardest part. Yep. But once again, Charlie, thank you for coming into the cafe and sharing, you know, all your favorite things about star Wars with us. And before we actually go, if you want to tell everybody out there how they can, you know, reach you on social media, listen to your podcast, and get a hold of you if they want to get a hold of you and talk some Star Wars. Sure. Yeah, my uh, podcast is Star Wars Through the Ages. It's right now hosted on Anchor, Spotify, and iTunes. You could just do a search for Charlie Skywalker and it'll pop up. Uh, on Twitter, uh, which is where I'm most active, it's at dbreakjr 7 yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to Star Wars again. All right. Well, anytime you want to come back, you know, just shoot me a tweet. We could always set something up. And if you ever, if you ever want to guest on Star Wars through the ages, sometime, you know, I'll be more than willing to come on and talk Star Wars with you over there. Yeah, that would be amazing. We'll definitely have to set that up. All right. Sounds great. And. Of course, I am still running the Empire Strikes Back radio drama after my outro. 
and I believe this is episode 10 of that, which is the last episode of that radio drama. So next time I'll be starting the Return of the Jedi radio drama. Until then, I have spoken. Give the evacuation code signal. for visiting the cafe. We know life is all about passions. Thank you for lending me your ear while I shared all of mine. And remember, blue milk, it does a body good. humble servant that won't be necessary star wars the empire strikes back by brian daly based on characters and situations created by george lucas episode 10 the clash of lightsabers time ago in a galaxy far far away there came a time of revolution when rebels united to challenge a tyrannical empire now it is a dark time for the rebellion deep inside cloud city luke skywalker fights a desperate lightsaber duel against darth vader Solo, encased in a block of carbonite, is in the charge of the bounty hunter Boba Fett. And attempting to escape to the Millennium Falcon, Leia, Lando, Chewbacca, C-3PO, and R2-D2 are trapped by a locked blast door. 
as Imperial stormtroopers open fire on them. Show yourself. How long do I have to hunt for you down here? I know you weren't hurt in that fall. As you thought, I was not. You were prudent in not rushing down headlong after me. But caution will be of no help to you now. As for your lightsaber, the many weapons available to one who truly commands the Force. Not even you. You think not? Then observe that control bar. The force can tear it loose. The force allows me to use it for any purpose I choose, even as a missile. I can do the same with any object in this control room. Expansion, for example. I don't have to dodge. I still have my license. Can parry missiles and fight at the same time? Can you defend yourself and evade that connecting tube? Or that? Or that? You see, the contest may take any form. Can you stand your ground now? Yes! I can't! No! These winds will pull you through the viewport into the reactor shaft! You can do nothing! I can't! I can't! Ah! 
Oh, R2, I thought that being strapped to the back of that great hairy Chewbacca would be the end of me. Well, of course I've looked better. Oh, listen. The stormtroopers. They're firing on the Falcon. If only our deflectors will hold until we can blast off. We're lifting off. I simply knew that Administrator Calrissian would get us into the air. Now, if he can just elude Imperial Pursuit, we may still survive. Have you seen my other components lying about anywhere, Artu? We must get me reassembled without further delay. Oh, oh my! Oh, we're being fired on again. Oh. We can only hope that Administrator Calrissian is as good a pilot as Captain Solo. again you have managed to save yourself. Fortunate for you that this gantry broke your fault. There was more to it than luck. Look, there, down the reactor shaft. Long, long fall to Beskin. If you're not sucked into an exhaust port or killed by an energy discharge. No, take that fall later. You can only lose. You are beaten, Skywalker. It is useless to resist. Don't let yourself be destroyed as Obi Wan did. I won't. Ah, how do you like it? The fire of a lightsaber blade. I do not wish to damage you, but you leave me no alternative. Ah, my hand! My hand! No sword. No sword hand. No hope left for you, Skywalker. Surrender! No! Escape! Yes, there is. Luke, do not make me destroy you. You do not yet realize your importance. You've only begun to discover your powers. Get it over with. Join me. I will complete your training. With our combined strength, we can end this destructive conflict and bring order to the galaxy. Your kind of order. I'll never join you. I'll die first. If only you knew the power of the dark side. I've seen it. Hatred, fear, and cruelty. Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed my father. No, Luke. I am your father. That's not true. That's impossible. Search your feelings. You know what I say to be true. Destroy the Emperor. He has foreseen this. Join, and together we can rule the galaxy as father and son. Please, do that. Come with me, Luke. It is the only way this can end. No, there's another. I can jump. Is that the wisdom of a Jedi? I won't be the first to die to keep you from winning. Luke, no! I'll never let you win. Never! 
Fighters on our tail. Never mind the fighters. Chewie, we've got to do it. Or Luke will die. Just do it. Now wait, well, what about Vader? He's still there, you know. All right, all right, all right, Chewie. Coming about. I hope you know what you're doing, Leia. I doubt it. Mando, make your approach underneath Cloud City. Chewie, give me more power to the engines. Cut back on the shield. We're gonna have to outrun those fighters if we're gonna make a pickup. Okay, Leia, show me where. Look up there. Someone's hanging from the vein. Right. It's Luke. Should we slow down and ease the Falcon up under it? Lando, open the top hatch. Listen, I'll go topside through the airlock and grab him. I'll give you a signal when I've got him. <laughs> Ready. 
It took me a, a little fancy maneuvering to get around those TIE fighters, but we're coming out of Bestman's gravity fields. What's the alarm for? Take a look right out there. Imperial Star Destroyer. Yeah. Biggest ship I ever saw. Must be three times the size of Cloud City. The TIE fighters are still with us. All right, Chewie. Get set to go to light speed. If your people fix the hyperdrive. Don't worry. I gave that order myself. Well, all the coordinates are set. Now or never. Now sounds preferable. Okay, Chewie. Watch it. Oh. Oh. Not again. Anybody who can get this thing to run right? They said they'd fix it. They were supposed to fix it. How hard can it be to make a simple transition to hyperspace? Come on, Chewie. It's not my fault. I've never heard that before. Chewie, what are you doing? Where are you going? He's going to try to repair the hyperdrive. That Star Destroyer's closing on us. You know who's going to be on it, don't you? We can't let him catch us, Lando. I'm not sure what Luke is talking about, but he keeps mentioning Vader's name over and over. I can't evade him forever. They'll have a tractor beam locked onto us any minute now. And if we're really unlucky, they'll take us alive. We can't let him take the Falcon. For Luke's sake, we can't let Vader take us. Imperials are boxing us in. Come on, Chewie. Get the hyperdrive working or we've had it. Carefully, R2, carefully. There. Now, connect the relay switch to my leg. There. Thank you, Artie. That's much better. Now, that's one of my legs back in a useful configuration. Oh, do you hear that noisy creature, Artie? What can Chewbacca be doing? Why don't we just go to light speed? What do you mean we can't? How would you know the hyperdrive's been sabotaged? Cloud City computer told you. Artie, how many times must I tell you not to trust a strange computer? Ouch! Artie, will you please pay attention to what you're doing? Ow, my leg! Artu, come back here. Artu, you still have to reattach my other leg. Get away from that control wiring. You'll only burn yourself out again. You don't know how to repair the Falcon's hyperdrive. Oh, no, you don't. Chewbacca, perhaps, but not you. 
are you thinking of? I'm standing here tottering in pieces and you're having to lose the grandeur. What? Oh, so what are you... What are you meddling at now? Oh, my goodness. You did it. The hyperdrive. Arthur! How's it going? We've got the Falcon all repaired the right way this time, so we're ready to shove off. Are you sure about this, Lando? I mean, maybe if you waited a little longer, there'd be enough of us at the rendezvous for the general to spare you two some help. No, we can't waste any more time, Luke. Master Luke, I'm delighted to see that you are your own self once again. Well, not quite, but close enough. Hey, you're looking better too, 3 uh, Yes, the rebel technicians have completely repaired me, but... But what? Well, it's R2-D2, sir. He appears to have developed the most illogical imagination. Illogical? Yes, Master Luke. His account of your experiences on some non-existent planet called Dagobah. We can straighten that out later, 3PO. At least you're repaired. Oh, yes, but are you certain that you are all right, Master Luke? Oh, sure, sure. But there's other things we should be thinking about. Yes, I've heard. Administrator Calrissian, R2s and my best wishes go with you and Chewbacca. You and your friend can ship with me anytime, 3PO. R2, you have yourself a distinct talent for pulling things off at the last second. <laughs> R2, thanks you, sir. Although I personally am of the opinion that his sense of timing leaves something to be desired. Luke, Chewie and I will meet you at the rendezvous point on Tatooine. I'll be there, Lando. <laughs> Listen, if you need any help, you know how to reach me. Master Luke, the details of the rendezvous arrangements are safely stored in Artu's memory bank. Oh, boy, isn't that how this all started? Well, take care of yourself, Chewie. And if this guy gives you a... Oh, Chewie, put me down! Lando, they're ready for your You folks will be able to see it from here. Is that all right, 1B? All that remains is the final attachment of the prosthetic. You will then be able to return to duty status, Commander. Great. Attention, Millennium Falcon crew. Please report for launch. Ready, Chewie? Take care of him, Chewie. And make sure he doesn't lose the Falcon again. <laughs> Back up to your pay, Commander. Next time I see you, I'll teach you a little something about the odds. It's a deal. Good luck, Administrator. I mean, Captain Calrissian. <laughs> Thanks very much, C-3PO. Goodbye, Handlayer. I know, and I thank you. Come on, Chewbacca. Take care. So you too, Chewbacca. Commander Skywalker, I am ready now to 
to fit your prosthetic hand. Well, the sooner the better, one be. Hold still, please, Commander. All right. You will feel slight pain as I test the nerve responses, sir. That's okay. They'll come worried about Lando and Chewbacca. Come on, Princess. A professional gambler and con artist, and a Wookiee smuggler flying the fastest hunk of junk in the galaxy. They'll be all right. Millennium Falcon, prepare for departure. The procedure is complete, Commander Skywalker. Oh, that's great, Wendy. Now, where's that comm link? Here you are, Master Luke. Oh, thanks, Luke. Skywalker to Millennium Falcon. Skywalker to Falcon. Lando here. We'll see you on Tatooine, Luke, with Han. We'll bring him back to you later. I swear it. Archer with the viewport. We'll be able to watch them blast off from there. Take care, Lando. Chewbacca. And may the Force be with you both. May it be with us all. Come on, Leia. Let's go watch them take off. Yes, Arthur. There's plenty of room right here by me. They must succeed. We can't lose after all we've been through. Look, the Empire threw everything it had at us, and we're still here. And thank goodness we're out of danger. <laughs> well, what do you say to me? He says, for the time being... There they go. The Empire can't stop us now. Now it's our turn. The Empire Strikes Back by Brian Daly, based on characters and situations created by George Lucas. Featured in the cast were Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, Anthony Daniels as C-3PO, Billy D. Williams as Lando Calrissian, Brock Peters as Darth Vader, Anne Sachs as Princess Leia, and Russell Horton as 2-1-B. Also heard was Michael Levitt. This is Ken Hiller. Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back was directed by John Madden with Tom Vaguely. Sound design for Lucasfilm by Ben Burt. Music by John Williams. Casting and production coordination by Mel Saar. The executive producer was John Boss. Post-production was realized at Studio M in St. Paul on the 3M digital mastering system by Tom Vagley.
Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back was produced by National Public Radio in association with KUSC-FM Los Angeles with the cooperation of Lucasfilm Limited.